Praise the Lord. Uh, Brother David Ellis, I, I have seen him for years, and uh, I've enjoyed his music ministry for years. But Brother David is highfalutin. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, but he's way on up yonder, and I'm way on down yonder. And I said, Lord Jesus, I'll never get a chance to meet somebody as great as that. He's with Brother Copeland. He runs with the big dogs. I run with the small mice. He runs with the big dogs. And then Pastor Nancy mentioned to me last year, she said, she called, I was talking to her on the phone, and she said, God told me to include Brother Davis. I almost shouted on the phone. Because, I, because his anointing is going to just help, has already made such a difference in her ministry. And I was so excited when she told me that. And then we started seeing him in the crusades and he's been traveling with her. And uh, it's just, I know it sounds weird because it's not our ministry, it's her ministry. But we pray so much for her. And one of the areas my wife has, and I have prayed over the years and over years is Lord bring, I mean, she's always had an excellent worship team, but Lord, bring that thing up to a whole nother level. And, and yet you can't tell people that you are just praying for that. And brother David was an answer to our prayers, even though it's not even for our ministry, because he's brought a whole dimension. Uh, and pastor Nancy is, uh, it just helps her anointing. And, uh, and so he, he mentioned to me, you know, I said to him, would you come early before the conference minister to our congregation? He's coming next year and he's going to stay for three, four days and just, just preach. And he, but also he's going to work with, our team. He's meeting our worship team tomorrow night and Friday night, and he's going to be doing workshops, workshops, workshops with our worship team, not shocking them, although you could. Electroshock treatment is valid and useful, but whatever is needed, he's going to be working with them the next two nights and obviously hopefully getting some rest as well, as you'll hear from his testimony tonight, uh, that he's not working too hard, he's resting. But I said, would you come and just minister to us and bless our congregation before Na Pastor Nancy? And he was so gracious to come and he's very very busy he's constantly constantly traveling and so the fact that you took time to come to our church we don't know how to thank you for that we really really appreciate it and I've never thought I'd really get a chance to know you and he's one of the most down-to-earth just so easy to get to know you feel like you've known him for 20 years within five minutes and he might be the big dog and I'm the small pup but he makes me feel like a big dog Praise God. He just, he just, he's just so easy to talk to. You ever met people that, you know, you can't, you feel a little awkward with them? He is the opposite. He just, you just feel like you're best friends and you've been friends forever. And I love it when there's a divine connection like that. So I know you got all settled and seated and your tushies are all comfortable, but would you stand on up and would you honor the man of God as he comes tonight? We love you, sir. Take your liberty. As long as you want, whatever you want. Thank you. Oh my goodness. All right. So, you know, the big dog statement, I might, you know, if I, I do run with a few big dogs, but I'm a little pup. And so, you know, that they even let me out of the kennel is kind of like, you know, a miracle. And uh, I love your pastors. I knew I loved them from the first time I heard him speak. And uh, which was in one of Pastor Nancy's meetings when he received the offering. And I, first off, I thought, now this, you gotta understand, I'm a preacher's kid. The reason you're laughing, you know that there's this whole subculture and this, you know, my dad's a pastor, granddad's a pastor, great granddad's a pastor, all my uncles. I said, I will never pastor, no way. And so, but you, when you 
see and hear and meet people for the first time when there's that hookup and that divine connection. From a preacher's kid's standpoint, it means a couple of things. It means they're the real deal. That they're not a fake or a fraud and they're not putting on a show. That there's, there's just a purity to it. It doesn't make you anything special because you were born into a pastor's home. However, by your upbringing and the influences that you're constantly around, you're kind of street smart. I was school dumb and street smart. I mean, forgot I had to do summer school, both, you know, pre and post on my senior year. So go figure. I walked the line by faith. They called things which be not as though they were when they handed me a diploma. It wasn't in there. It was empty. I had to come to summer school after school to finish and get the diploma. So I wasn't school smart, but you just grow up uh, a little bit reading people. And when, when you stood up, the first time I heard you was not when you preached a whole message, but when you just received the offering. And my first thought was, that's an honorable man. My second thought was, are all these ran together? The same thing that I've seen uh, demonstrated in Brother Jesse Duplantis and Brother Jerry Savelle the way they honor Brother Copeland. I saw that in you, sir, the way you honored Pastor Nancy, number one. Number two, the way you received the offering. It was all about the assignments that are on her life. And if I may say this, uh, you know, you see people that enter into another man's pulpit and it's still about them. But when you got into her pulpit and talked about the, the gift and the call and the anointing and, and how you and this church are hooked up to that, I thought that's a pure man who is uh, a man of honor. And the same thing that I've seen for over 30 years demonstrated in Jerry Savelle and Jesse Duplantis toward Brother Copeland. You show that, and it blessed me so much. And then I saw you in the back room, and I thought, okay, I like him. He's cool. <laughs> he's not religious. He's fun. He's funny, and I can hang with that. And so I'm thrilled to be here tonight. I really am. Uh, I'm going to let you be seated in like 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm not trying to. Uh, this is the first service that I have been in uh, since the devil thought he was going to kill me yes, two weeks ago. Yes, sir. The doctor said he should be dead. And I'll, I'll intertwine that. Yeah. I'll weave that into the message tonight. We'll just see. There's a set of notes and usually that means nothing. <laughs> And uh, so I, I just, I'm so honored. Awesome. I really, really am. And we don't have to stay all night, but I think that the Lord has something for us in this service. I also think that he has something to say to us tonight to get us ready for yes. Pastor Nancy yes. coming. Yes. Yes. I, I was thinking about you guys today and truthfully, it, it rose up in my heart. Tell them this will be the best meeting they've ever been in. Tell them that this will be a landmark meeting for their lives individually. Stand in the pulpit and say, this will be the best meeting this church has ever had. And it's 
as if it's a line of demarcation that you're going up to a different level that you've always known was available and was your future. And you've reached by faith for it time and again. You've seen it in a place of prayer. Your heart knows it's there, a place called there in the spirit. I heard myself say, as I'm saying right now, this meeting is that graduation time into another realm and another room. And from this day forward, during the meeting and when the meeting comes to a close, you'll operate in the spirit and work miracles at another level. What you've tasted seemingly as an appetizer before, during this meeting and afterwards is the main course, standard fare. It's as if the menu changes. It's as if everything comes up to a higher level. And I hear it even as it comes out of my heart. Rooms and realms of the spirit seen in faith before are coming into sight. Things that you've prayed for, exercised your faith for, and even sown financially for. You've sown financially, but you'll reap the anointing. You've sown in labor and in work of the flesh, but you'll reap of the Spirit. It's as if over the last few weeks and months, you, as was said of the woman called the Shunammite in the Old Testament, she said, I perceive that a man of God passes by us continually. But she said and went to her husband, let's make a room for him. Let's not only make and enlarge the room, let's furnish the room. Let's build the room. Let's refurbish the room. Let's put the finest furnishings in there. So this anointing that is coming to us will then at a higher level have a habitation here. And when this meeting shall come to a close, it will be said it's no longer just a meeting. It's a manifestation. It no longer is just a place that we visited in, in a higher level by way of the prophet's office in that room and realm. It's no longer a visitation. But because of your faith and your seed and your heart, and yes, your labor too, it changes from a visitation to a manifestation. One that is perpetually here among the congregation. And so, Lord, we do give you praise for that, as you said to me, uh, just so softly. You spoke it to me, not as the word of the Lord. It seemed to me that it was just the inward witness. But even as uh, I tried to articulate that, Lord, it seems that it was amplified in its intensity and in authority. And so, Lord, we just lift our hands in praise because I'm here. I'm here in this meeting. <laughs> I'm coming in expectation, Lord. I'm coming um, in the ministry of helps to receive help. I'm coming at a bastafar and they stay, even as the congregation is. We have and we will pray. We have and we will exercise our faith. We are coming just a few days from now, from the first service. We're not waiting till the end of the meeting from the first service. I'm not waiting till Sunday night. I'm waiting. I'm coming in Sunday morning. And as they say in the world, I'm coming in hot. 
I'm coming in expectation. I'm coming in expectation for that abiding anointing. That abiding anointing. And Lord, I don't even know what that is when I say it, but my heart would seem to latch hold of things that I and others have had a foretaste of that you uh, have allowed us just to, uh, I don't know how else to say it, Lord, visit that room and taste of that anointing and wear another man's coat and wear another man's cloak, even as Elijah, uh, he put the mantle on Elisha to let him have a foretaste before it fell on him in fullness. And you have allowed us to visit realms and rooms and wear clothing of a higher degree and a higher order. And you've allowed us to hold instruments and even weapons that are more proficient than ours and, and more uh, sharper than ours. And my spirit would seem to see and say that when this meeting is initiated, that everyone that comes in contact with this anointing and hears the word will leave the meeting going home another way. And Lord, I hear it even now on the inside of me. And Lord, I'm so humbled. I sense your presence. And because I know you and how faithful you are, when I hear you uh, speak on the inside of me, I'm humbled to say the word of the Lord is coming to me saying promotion time has come. For you found David, the keeper of the sheep. You found David on assignment to deliver substance and resources and meat and natural things. You found him and you sent him when he was actually bringing supplies for another mission and another man. But while he was on that mission for another man to bring supplies for another reason, he thought. He came in contact with his greatest day of promotion. And this congregation, even by their planning and their sowing, made ready a room and they supplied resources for another man's anointing and another man's mission and another man's call. But just as David of old, it was his greatest day of promotion. And you brought Moses from the backside of the wilderness and you brought David and others as well. You brought Joseph. You brought the Hebrew children through the fire their greatest day of deliverance turned out to be their greatest day of promotion. I don't even know why I see and say some of these things, Lord, but I, I have an awesome awareness, even if I'm not a, able to say it with great certainty or clarity and make it any clearer than that. I do hear the word of the Lord on the inside of me over this church. Promotion time. Arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and you will continue to arise and rise and rise and rise from glory to glory and faith to faith 
And it's true that the room will be enlarged and you'll break forth on the right and on the left. And no man can stop it for man did not start it. No man can stop a move that God starts. And no man can stop a church that God did birth. No man can stop when it is truly alphaed by the alpha. For there is an omega. And he that began it, (laughs) man did not begin this work. Man did not begin this church. Man did not birth it, and it is not man blessing it. Man did not start it. God did. And God will bring this church to a flourishing finish. Many will look and see and say, how, how, Could that size of a congregation buy that piece of property and have that building? That's impossible. That number of people can't do that. And you're right. Man can't. But God will. But God cannot unless man will. And when man will, And it's God's will. A flourishing finish is your future. All the way to the catching away. What remains for this place but increase day after day after day. Increase is the order of the day for this place. (laughs) Ha ha ha. So now a note of victory does come in what is left for us but to give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 And Taylor, songs that you have written. One of which, when I heard tonight, the Spirit said unto me, he wrote that song. But then I turned to you when you sat down. I already knew, maybe, (laughs) but I still ask you anyway. I said, did you write any of those songs? And you said, yes, I did. And the one that you pinned, the Holy Ghost gave. That's a seed. And on the other side of that seed song, song seed, which is it, Lord? (laughs) Compared to what's coming, you've had seeds. Compared to how you have sung and how you have interpreted and how you have demonstrated songs you have written and songs that you sing that were pinned by another man, all of it compared to what's coming is just a seed. 
Harvest is coming. Harvest. Lord, is that right? That's why you sent me here tonight? You've sown and you've sown and you've sown and you've humbled and served. And your songs will be sung throughout not only Canada, but around the world. Your songs will be sung around the world. Faithful. Faithful you have been and faithful you will be. And when faithfulness remains, no limit. Songs and notes will fall like rain. Hard to tell where one begins and one ends. God, oh Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I hear that. I know what that sounds like. The sound of rain. (laughs) Like he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Notice that rain has a sound. The fullness of the rain is coming. For Canada, Mississauga, this church, fullness of rain. Watch the sounds change. Elijah heard the sound before the fullness came. It's true. Bacchusea. Hallelujah. And it's coming unto you. Can I have the whole worship team? If it, it, you can, I don't want to shift because sometimes this won't. Can I have all the, everybody I saw on the platform, just line up real quick. Stretch your hands toward them. Sometimes if I try to change, it won't re-manifest. Things are going to change. Things are going to change. All of you, uh, uh, Abba, I give you praise. Say that first or do this. Look at me real quick, all of you. And, and I want the church, you know what, I'm going to go up here because it makes me taller. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> when I walked in, actually, I could hear you singing while I was putting this uh, microphone on in the back. I guess through the other side of a wall or two. And when I heard you sing, and I could taste of the anointing before I walked in the room. All I know how to, this is for the whole church. Listen to me when I say this. This is so important. When I walk into a place of worship, I don't care if it's 50 people or 5,000 people. And, and I've, goodness, I pastored a church of 20 people <laughs> for a couple of years, so I know what it's like to, okay, I can hear individual voices. We need some angelic help. <laughs> Just any time would be great. And I've been in rooms of 20,000 people. And so the older you get, you listen more on the inside than the outside. 
So I'm on the front row uh, worshiping. The first thing that hits my heart, because it's just what I look for, and it's not because I'm a music critic, because I'm not. Um, it's just kind of what I look for. Do I sense Jesus or do I sense the flesh? Do I sense the spirit or do I sense a performance? Do I sense his presence or do I sense a personal performance? Do I see, and sometimes I, I don't even have to open up my eyes and I'm just being honest and, and very candid with you because I'm just here to help. That's all I am. It's, I'm just a helper. I don't know what I am, but I'm a helper. Um, and sometimes I, sometimes I close my eyes because I don't want to see what I see on the platform because it's anti-anointing. It's anti-presence because it's fleshly performance in a lot of places, in a lot of tongue-talking places, in a lot of spirit-filled meetings. Sometimes it's not across the platform. Sometimes it's just a person or two that needs help <laughs> and needs Jesus <laughs> and probably a lot of mind renewal. And, uh, and so the first thing I did was your song hit me. I don't know, you know, whatever you were singing, I didn't know it. I was like, oh, yeah, there's the presence of the Lord. And then this other thing, this pertains to the congregation. I didn't turn around. I thought, okay, there's two, three hundred people here or whatever I was guessing. But listen to me. Oh, I've never told any church this before. So this is really cool because I love first things. It's as if I heard thousands of people in worship. So I'm just, you know, a little me worshiping Jesus like I love to do. And I heard thousands of people singing. And not because your sound system was too loud. Where is he? Kudos. I don't know you, but I love you. What's your name? Peter? Cool. Peter. Preaching on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. You probably never denied Jesus, but praise the Lord for restoration. So Peter's in the sound booth. So from a natural side, I went, this is perfect. It's not too loud and it's not too soft. If it's too soft, because some churches have the order of a graveyard, they might as well just be a funeral home. I'm just being honest. It's just the truth. There's just as much life there. I was like, where's the casket? Advertise. False advertising. If the word life is on that marquee, uh -uh. you know, anyway. And so, because some places are so afraid of any volume that by and large, if, if a person in a congregation can hear themselves sing more than anything else, they're intimidated. Lift your hand if you understand that. Because, you know, I, I can, I'm not a super great singer, but can hold a microphone. But like, if anybody can hear me really good above the platform, it's intimidating. Sir, it was perfect. Now, some places I'm like, my God, I like volume, but really? We're going to have to play? Where's the, the healing for the ears line? Seriously. Jesus. I could hear before I came to the service. So, 
I'm just worshiping. I know y'all are standing, but I'm standing. So can we just be cool? Because when the anointing, you can't shift. See, y'all are so well trained. Some churches would have sat down on me after glad to be here. They're just so clueless of the anointing, but you're well trained. So we're all together. Little things like even sitting down sometimes will break the anointing. You have to be, you have to interpret the moment. It's critical. Healings matter. Miracles matter. Impartations matter. It's what changes churches. It's what changes churches. And sometimes you just have to do what you have to do right then. When the Holy Ghost says so, kudos to you guys because you're still standing. And if you're not, I still love you. But I'm worshiping while you guys are singing. I heard thousands of people. Thousands of people. Again, not because it was too loud, Peter. Again, the Lord says, you hear that because I'm letting you hear their future. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is here. Worship team, do you hear what I just said? You're going to lead thousands of people in the presence of Jesus. Do you understand how cool that is? Like that's off the chart. You know, that makes it worth it, right? When it was tough and it was rough and we all have those services like, that one's so good. Like delete, 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 get, off the, get that off the internet, scrub. You know, you listen back, it's like, oh God, please. Maybe the Lord didn't hear. Been there, been there. Standing right there, sir, where you're standing. I was just doing this. I heard thousands and the Holy Ghost said, I'm letting you hear that because you're hearing future worship services. Thousands will come to this place because of his presence, because of worship, because of praise. Oh, not limited to, but the presence manifested in worship will lead them to. And then they'll come some not even knowing to lift their hands. Some actually opposed to all of what you believe. But they won't be able to deny the presence of the atmosphere. They won't be able to not hear thousands of people singing in unison as in miracle meetings of old. It'll be broadcasted around Canada. Go to that place. It's a house of worship. His presence will be made known. I heard thousands. And so, by direction of the head of the church, if I carry anything, Jesus, and I want the congregation to get in agreement with this right now, I'm just a helper. I'm just a guy, a Pentecostal kid, that by the grace of God, has had decade after decade of demonstration and impartation from some of the highest prophets in the land. And the chief minstrels and generals in areas of worship. So now I set my hands on you to impart, to ready and prepare for what the Holy Ghost says. It's coming and it's true. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Je- oh, you're the Bagaya. In Jesus' name. Yeah, it'll come quickly too. It'll come quickly. Thank you. Shine. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Much for you. Much. Much. And we thank you, Lord. And Doors. 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 Doors of his presence. Kimada. Yeah. Fire. Fire. Yep. Fire. Wow. That. Ah. I, the, a minute ago, it was a sweet presence, but this is a fire. This is a fire. No. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, praise. Fire, fire. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty waves of glory. Thank you, Lord. Mighty waves of glory. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you. Maybe we could just all like receive, you know, an impartation of worship. You don't even have to have anybody play. You know, just, uh, just, just lift up your voice in praise. Just whatever comes to your heart. Just without any filter, without any fear, without any intimidation. Without a bahastola bora nefemarast. Zegalishtakaranostaya. And there was a young man, Lord, point him out to me again. When I, when I walked in and I turned around, I saw you on him. Where You, come here. You. I don't know, that, and it was you too. <laughs> I don't know what you do. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. You, you love Jesus, right? Yeah, that's cool. You wouldn't be here probably if you are wearing a volunteer tag. Hallelujah. So that's pretty clueless. I don't have to tap into Pastor Nancy's uh, prophet's anointing to go, he loves Jesus. He's volunteering much more than you know for you. Whatever that means to you. Now, when I was younger, (laughs) people would say that to me. And in my Pentecostal church, I was like, well, I don't have a clue what that means. Just whatever. But uh, as you know, I get, got more around people, word of faith people, and, and uh, maybe just a higher level of revelation people. If someone would say to me, there's more, then I would just say, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to you. So you just say, sometimes in the day, sometimes in the night, be it unto me according to to your word and it'll all be it'll all be it'll manifest you think it's been good Eh. you're destined for the best and that's the way it'll be and you come to me hallelujah is that good you up for it you're going to be in Pastor Nancy's meeting right Yes. oh Oh, yeah uh huh Mighties. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. These truly are days of more and more. Hallelujah. 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 I'm just checking my heart, guys. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated real quick. Praise the Lord. Well, that's pretty cool. Hallelujah. I kind of like it, Cole, when the Lord does it that way. You know? Uh, Pastor, you know this. Uh, Just giving you a little bit of history here. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, Pentecostal home. Like I said, dad, uh, granddad, great-granddad, all uh, Pentecostal people. And, uh, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the Church of God, Mm -hmm. Cleveland, Tennessee. Anybody ever, was anybody here uh, Church of God and you're not ashamed to lift your hand? And it's okay if you are, (laughs) I, I get it. Never invited anybody to school. I thought, no way in God's name am I inviting any of my school friends. Just as sure as I do, they'll get up and run around the room, tongues interpretation, cast the devil out, lay hands on everything, and then I got to go to school with these people. So I never would invite anybody. Praise the Lord. But one of my friends, a Baptist, slipped in. I thought, oh God, don't let anything happen. But it did. Hallelujah. So that's a story. Under, any, any Church of God people? It, well, it, it, so what I'm, I grew up Pentecostal. And then became, you know, by the grace of God, more in a word of faith vein. And uh, so I noticed that particularly over, you know, the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, that a lot of times um, a minister, now Pastor Nancy is never like this. If you notice, she's just constantly interpreting the service. But a lot of times a minister will go ahead and teach or preach an entire message and then see what the Holy Ghost wants to do. But guys, when the anointing is there to move, you move with the anointing. Uh, Vep Ellis wrote a song because he heard uh, it preached by Oral Roberts, a message, move with God. And so his song was move with God. When God's moving, move with God. And so he's looking for churches like this. And guys, here's the deal. You might as well just own it. We're different. But when the pressure's on and the fullness of a perilous time begins to manifest, they're not going to the frozen chosen. They're not going to the place of no power. They're not going to a place that can't spell healing. They're not going to a place that doesn't lay hands on the sick. You got to remember I'm a preacher's kid, so sometimes I say things that are a little rough, you know, and I promise I'm a nice guy. It's pretty bad when you have to start a sermon with, believe me, by faith, I'm a nice guy. (laughs) But it's the truth. God's preparing you, and he's letting us practice in services like this. We're actually practicing. He's preparing us for what's prepared for us. Amen. And and so kind of many times we get blessed, we get refreshed, we get to hear the word, we get equipped to do the work of the ministry, we get healed, we get prospered, but actually it's not all about us. We get to practice on our prosperity. We get to practice on our body and maybe somebody else's body. We get to practice with one another, but it's really not about us. 
You see, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. What is Jesus, the head of the church, waiting for? He's waiting for harvest. Yes. And you're the harvesters. Amen. And you're not going to bring in the harvest by man's ways, man's plans, and man's programs, and man's tools. If that could be accomplished, it would have been accomplished somewhere in the last 2,000 years. But when you're not even bringing in 3,000 in a day and 5,000 in a day like they did in the early rain, what makes you think that you're going to do it by switching to another plan and program? What makes you think it's going to be accomplished by switching from the spirit to the flesh? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. What do you think is going to bring in the harvest? Lack of miracles? Lack of healing? Lack of boldness? Lack of proficiency in the spirit? Absolutely not. And the devil has done everything he possibly can to shut down churches and make them afraid, embarrassed, and they got weary and well-doing and said, we're not growing fast enough. It's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. If it was ever going to happen, it would happen. Well, I'm glad no one told Noah that. That's right. As a bunch of people, eight of them, I think, a family that was on the boat that were glad that that man did not quit because he didn't see the rain year after year after year or after the 10th year or after the 20th year or after the 30th year or after the 40th year. How long was it? I think it was a hundred, hundred years. The man preached without a drop of water. Oh my God. This is not my message. I promise you can sit and you can have my notes. I'm probably not going to get to it. It was a good message, Cole. Like the one that's coming out right now. He preached for a hundred years without a drop of water. But he would not change his message because he knew he had heard from God. And if he would have changed, a boat wouldn't have been built and a family would have perished. Come on now. Come on now. Well, I'm seeing this as sure as I'm saying it. And there are pastors that refuse to change. And by them not changing, a local church is the ark. A church is the boat of blessing. A church, a local church is the safety place of protection. And in the world, it's a perilous reign. And for them, many will perish. It's the ark you guys have built and are building. And yes, we have seen some. But I've been around long enough to know there are those that said, well, if we water this down and water that down, then we can increase the passenger load on the boat. Right. That's right. But what happened was you lost what little water you had when you went away from the water, boom, and turned off the faucet. So my point is this, do you actually think in a perilous time when the medical community fails and when the economic answers are there no more because you've run out of resources or when you have such racial division that it breaks out in the street, you actually think they're going to a place of no power? Do you actually think if you need a miracle, you go to a place that, huh, like I said, I wasn't that smart in school, but I think I would not go to the place that preaches there are no miracles and never had any. I think, I don't know, take a guess, I might go to the church that I heard has some miracles. That's right. Yes, sir. And when everybody else is broke and the government cannot pay your bills anymore, huh, 
I think, just take a guess, I might go to the church that I heard believes in prosperity and increase and lived it and demonstrated. Lived it and demonstrated. Amen. Glory to God. So I'm not saying that we haven't been without rain. I'm not saying that we haven't been without any water. But brother, what we, don't worry, I'm not going to baptize anybody. What we've seen is just a drop in the proverbial bucket. And that's a good way to say it. It's but a drop in the bucket for what's coming. So you can't be weary in well-doing. You can't quit. You can't even entertain the idea of reconfiguring the ship. I'm too far in the voyage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too far down the path on a plan. Yeah. I'm too far in the God system to take the wisdom of man. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. Many opportunities come and go. Don't be fooled. God's about to put on a Holy Ghost show. God Almighty, you can barely keep yourself from, prosper, but from prophesying in here. Can I stay? Yes. Joe Morris told me, now Joe is my brother. Hallelujah. Y'all pray for him that he'll be delivered from Diet Coke. He has a Diet Coke demon. Yes, he does. He does, I'm telling you. Uh, don't, don't waste your breath. I've tried for 30 years. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Hey, I love that guy. He's amazing. And he is my brother. And he told me, he said, David, you're going to have one of the funnest services you ever had in your life in that church. And so he was right. Hallelujah. It's too easy to preach in a place like this. And hallelujah. 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 Let me, let me just offer a few things from the word and then we'll, like I said, I, I, uh, I'm not planning on staying a long time. And in that, I'll, I'll get to a, a pretty good testimony yes. um, that I'm still on the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Paul said to depart me with Christ is far better. It would have been far better for me, yeah. but my wife and my family might've gone like, yeah, not so much. Not so much. And uh, I want to believe they would have called me back. Hallelujah. All right. So let's run through a few scriptures, shall we? Psalm chapter one. You ever heard it before? Can you run there with me? Psalm chapter one. It's a great place to live. You know, I, I love this phrase. I'm determined to prosper in a perilous time. Yes, sir. What about you? Yes. I don't know a lot about your nation. Our nation right now is, ah, uh, we've had better days. Yeah. Same. I, I really don't. Forgive me. I'm not a politician. I never turn the pulpit into a place of politics. I don't like that. That's not what a local church is there for. We're here to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And your highest place of, uh, if protest is not carrying a sign and not, not uh, you politicizing everything, your highest place of protest is in the prayer closet. So there you go. I have friends that would disagree, but I'm right and then they're wrong. Hallelujah. A church is not a political arena. <clears throat> it's a place to feed the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so Psalm 1, I love it because I'm just determined. I'm just nuts enough to believe I'm supposed to be rich. 
I'm, I'm actually not enough to believe I can prosper and go up when everybody else is going down. I actually believe I can prosper in a perilous time. What about you? So Psalm chapter one and verse one is kind of a way, a roadmap to get there. It says blessed, everybody shout blessed. blessed. And what do we know about the blessing of the Lord? It maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Hallelujah. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. I can't help it. I got reborn into a blessed, blessed family with a super rich dad. So the word says, blessed is the man that walketh not. I love the Bible. It'll tell you what not to do sometimes before it tells you what to do. I'm preaching to faith people, right? You've read Romans chapter four where it says, don't say who shall ascend into heaven or who shall come back down. Notice that. Go back and read that again. He tells you what not to say before he tells you what to say. Man, that's a recipe for a miracle. If I could just get people to say, don't say that. Say this. I mean, that's better than don't eat this. Eat this. I don't like that message. I order dessert first because I want to taste it. Oh, taste and see that dessert is good. And you're hungrier. The dessert tastes better first. So the Bible, a lot of times, will tell you what not to do before it tells you what to do. Go back. I'm not preaching that message, but read Romans chapter 4 and Romans chapter 10 again in that light. He very specifically says, don't say that. Don't say who's going to come down or who's going to go up. But what does faith say? He says, faith believes in the heart and confesses with the mouth and makes a way unto salvation. In other words, he tells you what not to do. Well, what's a modern way of saying that? Oh, who will pray for me to get a miracle? Don't say that. Oh God, if you'll just come down and heal my broken body, don't say that. Oh God, don't you know that I'm broken? I can't pay my bills. Don't say that. Oh, I need, you know, I need Jesus to come and what? Redie? What? I don't know what you, just all these things. I need all of these things. No, you don't. Your miracle is as close as your mouth. Your miracle is as close as what you put in your heart and what you say with your mouth. I'm going to say that one more time. Your miracle, even financially, your miracle for your money, your miracle for your body, your miracle for your family, your miracle for your children is as close as what you put in your heart and are willing and bold enough to say out of your mouth, contrary to the conditions. And when the devil turns up the furnace, you get seven times louder. I have to because I'm short. Hallelujah. I just grew up that way. Make some noise, man. Hallelujah. So he says, blessed is the man that walketh not. Tells you what, where not to go. This is so important. He tells you where not to go when trouble comes. He tells you, don't go there. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way. Hmm. Familiar path. Well-worn. Man's wisdom in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. No short supply of those, sometimes even in a local church. But what does verse 2 say? But, but, but. In other words, he told you what not to do. Don't go the world's way. Don't listen to the scorners and the mockers. Don't listen to the backbiters and the gossipers. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to those that would try to tear you down or your pastor down or your church down. Don't listen to anything that will pull you away from the family of God. Nothing. That's the thief coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. Are you listening to me? You've heard these things before. It's a, listen, I'm going to make a statement. I'll qualify it at the end. It is a matter of life or death 
blessing or cursing where you go to church. Where's the camera? Where's the camera? It is a matter. I'm supposed to smile because sometimes I look at they say, God, you look mad. I'm not mad. I'm happy. It's a matter of life or death, blessing or cursing where you go to church, who you run with and who has your ear, particularly now and for the rest of this year. It matters. You only have faith to flow with what you're feeding on. You only have faith for what you're hearing. You only have faith for what you're feeding on. Who has your ear? Who has your ear has your heart. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he, the one that says, I'm not going that way. Remember, he's postured. All right. I had these things offered to me, the world's wisdom. I had these things offered to me, another way of doing things. I had these things offered me, man's wisdom, which is devilish and sensual. I had these things, even then, in the natural, makes sense. But here I am, the man in the middle, deciding, am I going a cursed way or a blessed way? So he tells me what not to do. Don't go that way. Don't go the way of the world. Don't go the familiar path that leads to destruction, which most people trod on. And don't sit among the scorners that everything is wrong with everybody, everywhere, every time. But what do you do? Your delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I want you to remember tree. He shall be like a tree planted. Everybody say planted. Planted. (laughs) We're coming back to that word. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Plural. Rivers. Jesus said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Folks, rivers, not just one, rivers of the word, rivers of the spirit, rivers of demonstration, rivers of prayer, rivers of praise, rivers of correction, direction, protection, perfection. It's all a path to get there to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. It takes all of it. Some churches, are y'all bored? I, you know, I, I, sometimes, particularly when I feel like I'm running out of time, the sharper I can make it, the clearer, the quicker I can get it said. Don't be deceived that there are many churches, and it's going to get stronger. There are many churches that it's all about just, just a praise service, and it's all just about the music, and it's all just about what they think is the anointing facilitated by just prayer and praise. It takes the teaching and the the preaching of the word, the borders and the boundaries of the word, the The borders, the parameters of a pastor, the correction, the direction, the alterations, protection leading to perfection. It comes by way of those fivefold offices and those have been diminished and watered down and dumbed down in a lot of places they don't even want to hear. Are you listening to me? They have no regard, no esteem for the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, evangelist, teacher. All they want to do is have a praise party. I love praise parties. It's bought me many a meeting. (laughs) I meant that slightly. Although I did get hired by one such meeting and they asked me to leave because I said, y'all need some word around here. So they invited me to a different meeting. (laughs) <laughs> not theirs. So, <laughs> what am I saying? Reverse. 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 This is going to make sense in a minute. Yeah. 
He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now here's the result of all of that. Not going the world's way, but going the word's way. That's right. That's good. Amen. Amen. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Actually, every season. His leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever. 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 Everywhere, every time, anything and everything. Bottom line, before it's over, it prospers. Are you listening to me? Can you give me Jeremiah? What did I, uh, Jeremiah, what did I say? Jeremiah 7, uh, yeah, 17.5. Love this scripture. It works with Psalm chapter 1. So it contrasts the curse with the blessed. Do you guys realize the world system is cursed? You know, guys, it's not like there's the curse system and the blessed system. And there's this middle ground no. that you can play around. No. 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 That's right. I'll get a little of this and a little of that. And, you know, I'll just, you know, just a little of, the, of this, a little life, a little death, a, a little health, a little sickness, a, a little salvation, a little sin, a, a little. Uh, there's two different systems. Yes. That's it. And that's what he's contrasting right here. So I, I don't know about you. I'm going the blessed way. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusts in man. Oh, God, help me. You know, I say one thing and all these doors open up. Be very careful who has your ear. Who are you listening to? He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Not what your best buddy has no. to say. No. Not what another man, how much help can come from another man. They're probably in more trouble than you are. That's true. That's true. The reason why it's frequently said misery loves company. It hubs up with other misery. And you think you're trying to get out of misery and you hub up with misery. That's going to get you out of misery. It doesn't make sense. Very good. Cursed be the man that trusts in another man, and that other man is the highest voice they hear. It's a recipe for disaster and destruction. And who makes flesh his arm? Every one of these statements, his arm, what does an arm do? It picks up things. It's, the, it's supposed to, on other people, it's the strongest part of the body. <laughs> I'll get there <laughs> after rapture day. Uh, are you who makes flesh his arm. Flesh, what you can see, touch, taste, smell, how you feel. What does an arm do? It reaches out and grabs something. You don't have something. You're going for something. You're trying to fix something. You're grabbing for something. But if you're using fleshly ways to get it, it's going to produce nothing but the flesh. Nothing. Profits nothing, nothing. And all it does is produce more misery. Right. It's That's a right. cursed system. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Makes flesh his arm and whose heart was there, but it departed from the Lord. Just everybody say, that ain't me. That ain't me. Not me. Who is you? For he, that cursed man, he shall be like a heath. Do you know what a heath is? You ever watch a Western movie? It's just like a little tumbleweed. It, it just, what? It's a bunch of twigs that formed into a ball that just the wind blows. A little bit of wind. There it goes. Has no root in it whatsoever. It can go east, it can go west, it can go north, it can go south, it can go up, it can go down. It has no 
capability of its own. It has no root. Just blown. Just wow. blown. Blown about with every wind of doctrine. Yes, going, going about with everybody else's opinion. Yeah. Running from flesh to flesh and friend to friend trying to get an answer. Right. Just blown about with every wind. That's a heath. That's a heath. Just constantly rolling in the wrong direction. Heath in the desert. For who wants to live in a desert? When I can be planted by the rivers of water. When I can be drinking from the throne of heaven. When I can drink of his presence. You think I'm going to live in a desert? I don't think so. This is a cursed system. And shall not see when. Oh, good's coming. You just won't see it. It shall inhabit parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Well, what about the blessed man? Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose earnest expectation the Lord is. The Lord is. God is my hope. God is my present. God is my future. And God, by way of the blood, took care of the past. God in all directions. Alpha, Omega, first and last. The beginning, the end. Uh, yesterday, today, and forever. It's the only system that works. Can you say amen? amen. I want to go one more place. Uh, <laughs> delete. <laughs> delete. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. Does this sound familiar? Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11. Give it to me in the NIV. And then, uh, man... If I could just say, let me get this scripture before your eyes. And I'm going to give it to you in a, a few different translations. And, and, and what are we doing? We're just building. Yes. We're building the strong spirit of a man. Yes. We're feeding our spirit right yes, now. Yes. You know, we might be, not be levitating in midair right now. We might not be running around the room. We're feeding our spirit. Yes. Don't let the only time you eat be when you come to the church. Yes. Feed in the morning. Yes. Feed in the night. Yeah. Renew your mind. Yes. Walk in the light. Yes. Amen. Constantly feed that spirit. Mark chapter 4. The kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground. I love this. And should sleep and rise. Yes. Night and day. And the seed should spring up and grow. He doesn't even know how. Get a visual of this. What would happen to you if for the next 30 days, instead of social media yeah. or the news, yeah. you just took five minutes. Everybody say five. 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 Take five minutes, grab five smooth stones, yeah. five scriptures right. out of the brook like David did. Yeah. Five minutes. That's all I'm asking. Five minutes, guys. Five, I'm going to ask this section. Five minutes. Amen. Five scriptures. Just five, you know, maybe just out of the book of Psalms. Just five scriptures. And five minutes before you go to bed. And that's the last thing. That's the last thing. He says he cast the word into his heart. And should sleep. Yes. And rise. Yes. Yes. In the day. And the seed was working the whole time. Yes. God appeared to Solomon by night. And made him the wealthiest man yes. in the yes. world. Yes. He appeared to him in a dream. And yes. said what do you want me to give? God's word is his invitation to move in. Yes. And do things for you without any limit Amen. and without reservation. If you'll take five minutes before you go to sleep, my God, you might levitate off the mattress. Yes. I tell you, God will move. 
speak to you. Dreams, visions, if nothing else, he could impart wisdom and turn you into a millionaire. How much effort and how much glory could you claim? You were asleep when you got the idea. How much pride or boasting is that? You didn't come up with it. You just sowed a seed with the word and you harvested a miracle. That was worth coming for right now. Five scriptures, five minutes. Turn off social media. I deleted some apps. I just did. I'm not the old line Pentecostal preacher that's going to tell the ladies, take off that makeup by God. I'm saying buy it. (laughs) Makeup's of God. (laughs) And you can be a guy when you see yourself with and without it on TV, you'll go, yeah, I believe in makeup. I believe it unashamedly. Hallelujah. I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord's plans. Notice there's more than one. Did somebody in this room said, uh, you know, I tried this, I tried that. It didn't turn out so good. You're not done. I tried this, I tried that. We lost our house. We went through bankruptcy. You're not done. I believe God for this. I sowed this. I thought this other deal was going to come through. It busted and I got offended. You're not done. Plans. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Can I see that little quote from the New Living Translation where it says it like this, plans for good and not for disaster. Out of the Amplified, it says plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. Out of the uh, contemporary English version, it says a future filled with hope, a future of success and not of suffering. And the Good News Translation says, Plans to bring about the future you hope for. God has some amazing plans for this church. Corporately, plans for your life individually. Uh, August the 8th, which was two weeks ago yesterday. I'm nervous on the time. It's 9.04. No, no, Okay, y'all, I've done services where I felt like, you know, I was being held hostage and I, need, I was like, somebody send a ransom. I'll give a double offering. Just close the thing down. I'm serious. Send the Navy, Army, Air Force, Marines. I'm a hostage here. So you don't feel like I'm holding you hostage? No, no. It's, it'll, it'll probably take me 10 or 15 Please minutes. Please take it, Please take it. Okay, all right. Thank you. I love you, whoever just said that. Um, August 8th, this will be, this testimony is like, meanwhile, back at the ranch kind of deal. I have to go a little bit this and that. And the predominant thing is this. It's a matter of life and death, blessing or cursing, that you follow the Holy Ghost. It's a matter of life or death where you go to church or if you go to church. It's a matter of life and death who your tribe, your camp, your company, that you're in the right place, running with the right people at the right time. And you don't let offense or bitterness or it's been, you know, if these people were right, we would have more by now. And look at so-and-such church. They have, guys, if the majority ruled, if the majority was right, then we ought to close every church and just have a, I don't know, you know, a a Def Leppard concert. Because I got more people. Yeah, it's true. Right? Right, you're right. 
Broad is the way to destruction. And we don't have to talk to you about that. So August the 8th, uh, which was a Tuesday, it was the week after Southwest Believers Convention. Anybody get to see any of the meetings, you know, with Brother Copeland and Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, uh, Bill Winston, Keith Moore, you know, Pastor Nancy sitting on the front row, almost every service. You guys, we have some services in Texas. Oh, yeah. Five services a day. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. And um, all of them good, but my God, we're still in an earth suit, you know. <laughs> and, and so, you know, double shots for everyone, you know. Some services are so long, I felt like ordering a pizza and have it delivered to the front row. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> multiply something. But you know, you're, you're hearing the word. Praise yes, the Lord. Amen, amen. It's full immersion. Ain't got time for anything else. And uh, so the Holy Ghost before that meeting, and I thought it was unusual because I've been the music director a long time and I've been with Brother Copeland for 30 years. Uh, a few weeks before the meeting, he said, I want you to clear your plate of 50% of your workload during that at least. He told me who to have lead the morning session, Candy LaFleur. He told me who to have lead the afternoon session, Jonathan Sandu, the music director at Eagle Mountain International Church. Then he said at the night service, you have Michael Howell. He's the guy with the guitar, beard, long hair. Kind of looks like Jesus. When I call him and I face him, I'm like, Jesus, I've been waiting to talk to you. <laughs> he does. He looks like Jesus. And so he said, let Michael just have full control of the praise and worship of the night. You only play for Brother Copeland. You have to oversee it. You have to put the final deal on all of it, but let them do the work. I want you to sit and receive. I want you to sit and receive. I want you to sit and hear the word. And he also said this, if I tell you and you have a leading to go home and sleep, you go home, hotel, right. same thing. Yes, same um, you go sleep. Yes. If I don't tell you to sleep, you stay under the word. When you're not in services, you listen to the word and you pray in tongues. And actually, I could back up a month, maybe two before this. The Lord just said to me, he said, I want you under the word and under the anointing every chance you get. Well, that's pretty easy for me because I'm constantly in meetings. But the inward witness said, if I tell you to go to a meeting, you get there whether you're booked or not. I was like, I look at my calendar. Well, I only have four days here and there's only one meeting that I know about that I feel like would be strong word, strong spirit. Only four days of the entire month that the Holy Ghost said, you go to that meeting and you don't do anything but sit under the word. So this had been going on for two, two months. Are you listening? Yeah. So, so then I do Southwest. So then I go home to Tulsa and then I jump back into another meeting. Uh, Joe Morris and Pastor Mark Brzee and a few others there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a missions conference called Fire for the Nations. Did Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night, same thing. In it to win it, man. I'm just receiving, you know, Holy Ghost moves. I'm moving with the Holy Ghost. In between the services, I'm listening to the word. I'm praying in tongues. I'm worshiping Jesus. I'm doing, you know what? And, and, and discipline turns to desire, yeah. turns to delight. Yes. Yes. Did you hear me say that? I don't know if I've ever said it. That's a three-day message yes. right there. Discipline yes. turns to desire turns to delight. You actually like it. Like, ah, I actually like broccoli. Just had to eat it a lot, you know. And so 
So I did that meeting. I was in the meeting with Brother Joe, Brother Mark. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night. Tuesday morning, 1.30 a.m., I wake up out of a solid sleep, and I thought, it feels like some my, my chest. It's not excruciating pain, but I feel massive pressure on top of my chest. And why are my arms hurting? I, I'm, I was so groggy, I was trying to go back to sleep, and so I was constantly adjusting. I was like, why are my arms hurting? Like this, my arms are hurting more than my chest. And I can't think of anything I've done. I certainly haven't been lifting weights. So uh, that was 1.30. Finally, at about 3 in the morning, I got up. And then my face started going numb. I thought, this ain't good. Uh, something's wrong. Duh. And so I put on a blood pressure monitor that I had. And so it reads 195 over 128, and my heart was 120-something beats a minute, and I thought, not good. My brother-in-law was visiting from Florida. He's a pastor there. I went and woke him up, and I told him what's happened. He goes, we're going to the emergency room. And uh, he drove me to the emergency room. I walked myself from the car to uh, the lady who was there. No one's in the emergency room, which is a miracle. I don't know how it is in Canada, oh, no, but it's like, same. take a number and come yes. back in three days. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm dying. We'll see you in three days. <laughs> but I cut my leg off, see you in three as days. did other people. <laughs> we'll see you in three days. It's just the whole system is jacked. Yeah, and so no one's there. And when I walked in, I thought, this is weird. No one's here. Sat down. I said, my chest hurts. Well, I didn't go overly dramatic. And she goes, okay, sign here. Let's go in this room. Blood pressure. I said, it's high. She goes, uh, yeah. So, did, threw an EKG on, on me. Just a little lady. She looks at the EKG, and she, this is when I knew. Eh, something's up. She goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> no. Like, oh, glad to have you. No. Just, I'll be right back. It wasn't two minutes later. I hear it sounds like a herd of elephants running down the thing and pushing a gurney. I thought, I think they're coming to me. So they walk in, slam me on a bed, start shooting me with everything that, you know, probably, you know, Pfizer makes. And, and the lady had, that was there at the time, she said, Mr. Ellis, you are having a massive heart attack right now. We're in a life or death situation. We're going to move very quickly. I went, okay, go get my brother-in-law. And uh, I said, tell him. He sat there. I just looked at him. And so they said, the doctor will be here. He was on his way home. We've called him back in. He's going to do a procedure. Uh, so there, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. Needles everywhere. They're shaving me, yeah. stem to stern, you know, moving clothes off of me, the activity. And uh, the doctor comes in. He goes, Mr. Ellis, I, you, you, according to this, you're, they call it, I hate this phrase, the widow maker, the main artery. Yeah. You're getting zero blood. I have but minutes. I'm going in through the leg. I don't have time to put you under anesthesia. I'm I've given you morphine. I'm going to deaden the area as best I can. Now, if emergency tongues hadn't kicked in previously when he said, I've, I've, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going in. There's something about that part going in without anesthesia that uh, evoked tongues. <laughs> yes. 
And where are you going in? Through the groin. Super tongues. And he, I can tell from the activity, you know, this is serious. The truth is I thought, Jesus, if I thought it was on my way out, I thought I would feel more than now, this. I'm just being honest with you. Here's what rose up in my heart. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And without going into way too much detail, I literally, and I had heard a story about a medical missionary who was actually an uh, anesthesiologist that because of going to Africa and doing surgery on people, she asked the Lord, she's a Bill Winston freak, you know, about the fourth dimension, about you can, you can be God over a situation and you speak. And she spent hours with me. She says, I go into places and I do surgery without anesthesia and without any of the proper equipment. And I stand there and I use my authority and I command their bodies to go to sleep. I command them not to feel the pain. And I'm laying there on that. And the guy's telling me, you're going to in about 10 seconds feel like I kicked you in the groin, feel intense heat and feel like you're having another heart attack. That story of that lady telling me that she does surgery by the anointing. Yeah, that's the anointing. I sat there and I just went, leg, go to sleep. Go to sleep now. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Here's the bottom line. I did not feel it. Jesus. When he said, you're about to feel intense heat, I felt a little warmth right in my midsection. He said, in about five seconds, you're going to think you're having another heart attack because the blood's going to come rushing in there when I open up this main artery. I felt nothing. I was awake. He, twice I heard them say, now they did give me morphine. I would have taken anything. Baby aspirin for God's sake. What do you have? It's a hospital. Don't tell me you can't do something. But no, that's me now. I, I, there was part of me that was like, well, this ain't good. Part of me is quoting the word. Part of me is like, I'm awake and they're inside of me yeah. opening. It's like, yeah. this is actually happening? And so I heard him twice say, uh, his blood pressure is dropping. Give him 50 cc's or millimeter of some and feta is a long word. And then I heard him again say, blood pressure still dropping, and I heard a lot of movement. And that I thought at that moment, I did have this thought. Am I leaving and I don't know it? I, I, did, I thought of my mom, I thought of my dad. I was like, and I did, I went, still here? <laughs> so I did fall asleep. Uh, at the end of that, I woke up. I was in a room, my wife and my brother-in-law, Pastor Mark, Pastor Janet, are standing around my bed. And the first words I kind of remember saying was, I was yelling at, at someone because the IV hurt. And my brother-in-law said, oh yeah, he's back. He's yelling. <laughs> so my wife's crying. I started crying. I just looked and I thought, what just happened? They took them in another room and said, your husband at the least should have had a stroke. If it had been a few minutes, because it was 100% shut down. Wow. 
I didn't tell the doctor I laid in the bed from 1.30 to 3 o'clock like that. It was the attack that woke me up. I didn't know it was attack. I didn't know anything. He said, if it had been just a few minutes, this would have been a much different outcome. They kept me for three days. Actually, they kept me almost four. And uh, the general doctor said of the, the entire medical facility, he kept looking at charts. They did two sets of x-rays, three sonograms, including one the day I left because they did not believe what they were seeing. So finally, the head doctor, not the head cardiologist, says, you should go home. I said, yes, I should go home. You got to go home to get healed because they just stick you all the time, you know? <laughs> and uh, so he said, but I can't. The cardiologist says, I want him here one more day. I want to do one more sonogram. I want to watch him one more time. In result, they said, it's medically impossible for you not to show signs. So you have no heart damage whatsoever. Your enzymes are perfect. The infraction ejection rate, which means the way the, the way the blood comes to and through the heart and the force that it exits. He said, there's no way going through what you went through and the force of the heart be ejecting the blood at the rate that it is. I said, what are you saying? He said, um, it's as if nothing ever happened. Now, they still put me on enough pills to... Oh, yeah, they do that. So I said, okay, I'll take the medicine. So they let me go. That was on a Friday after it happened, <coughs> Tuesday. Went back again Monday. And then this was a cardiologist, a different cardiologist. He looked at everything. He goes, you're one lucky guy. I said, I have a different word for it. It's called Blessed is the man that walketh not. I didn't quote the whole scripture. I just said, I, some call it luck, some call it blessed. See where I begin? Blessed is the man that'll follow the Holy Ghost and listen to what he has to say. See, because the Holy Ghost knew two months ago this was coming. Somebody said, well, why couldn't he completely stop it? Whatever. Why, could, why didn't he stop the three Hebrew boys from going in the fiery right. furnace? True. Why did Daniel uh, go in the lion's what? den? Why did Moses, you know, stand at the Red Sea with the Egyptian army on his back, you know? The day before would have been a better deal as far as stress factor than Pastor <laughs> Moses. I can't answer all that. It makes a better testimony. Yeah. All I can tell you is the Holy Ghost knew. And I'm thoroughly convinced. I'll tell you this one thing in closing. Because it involves Brother Joe. Remember me saying I was in the meeting. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night. Brother Joe Morris, who ministers here, was classic Joe. You know, preaching. He gets to the end and does his normal deal. Amen. It just seems like Jesus is walking the aisle there delivering hearts. You're healed. Amen. No drama. Classic Joe, right? Doesn't even lay hands on anyone. Amen. And somebody, the angel is delivering a kidney over there. You're blessed. You'll sleep good tonight. Amen. And so there's somebody else here. Uh, a drill went through your tongue. You're healed in Jesus' name. Speaking to, just, just, it was one of those Joe deals. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's so <laughs> Right, you know, I, you know, I kind of like the Catherine Kuhlman deal, like, and he's moving <laughs> throughout the, you know, and hallelujah. I love hallelujah in every key. I kind of like that deal. I, I'm a producer. I'm an artsy guy. I like the demonstration. I like the drama. What about you? No, Brother Joe. Oh, yeah. And there's somebody you were dead yesterday. You're going to win. So that kind of deal, you know. So he's, he's trying to close the service. I'm not even in the piano. I'm on the front row. He goes, oh, David, it seems like we ought to pray for you. Come up here and just stand here. And he says, I want the other pastors to other ministers come up. He says, it just feels like we're supposed to gather around him and pray, pray strength over him. So I went, I thought, cool. And so I'm standing there, but I could tell Joe's, he's kind of fishing. He knows there's something more, but he doesn't have the words or the utterance for it. Suddenly he slips from, he's over in that prophet's office. And in a very authoritative way, oh man, if I would have known I was going to say this, I would have had media department show it off my phone. All of a sudden he goes, these words come unto me. And he did it rather strong. I thought, yes, Joe does have some adrenaline. Love that. (laughs) Because he's so usually so, you know, like Joe cool about everything. And uh, no drama. But he said it very authoritative. He said, these words come unto me. It shall not be. It shall not be. The plan of the devil over this man's life. It shall not be. He spoke it. Pastor Mark moved and put his hands right there on my belly where your spirit is for about five, not more than 10 seconds. All of a sudden, all I can tell you is it was like a surge of electricity. You can see it on the video. I go, you hear Pastor Mark go, and then I double over. It was on the ground for just a little bit. Amen. Close the service. Go home. Go to sleep. Four hours later, it shall not be. The plan of the devil that should have resulted in death couldn't take effect and couldn't have the final say. The next morning, after being in the hospital, I woke up about five, asked him, bring me a cup of coffee. Sat there, I was just by myself, dark room. I sat there and I just had this thought, I thought, I literally could have been in heaven for like 12, 16 hours. And, and, and I'm just being honest with you. I was like, that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but some people would be mad at me for leaving. Yes. And that would not be cool. Right. And I have a 30-year-old yeah. and a 27-year-old and a 20-year-old little boy in college. Yeah. A little boy, yeah. he's like 6'1". <laughs> Which I'm thankful. I prayed, Lord, make my kids tall. So... <laughs> And I was sitting there thinking, I could have left. If the plan of the devil had been consummated, I wouldn't be here. And the Holy Ghost said, you followed me for these last few weeks. You obeyed me. You put yourself in the word and the spirit. And I said, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in a time of bodily infirmity. And not just because Joe is like my brother, you're just so thankful for who you're divinely connected to. I've never been more thankful. 
I've known Joan since I was 28. I'm 62. And uh, Jesus said to me, you see, I had you in that service. Joe spoke the word. Pastor Mark sealed the word with the anointing. It was the word and the spirit working together. I cocooned your heart. And the devil couldn't kill you. And I'm not crying because I didn't get to leave. <laughs> he said, I cocooned your heart with the word and the spirit because you obeyed me. And since then, I've thought, what if I, what if I had just blew that off? What if a decade ago, what if when I was pastoring between 2000 and 2013 that I decided, which I was mightily tempted, this message doesn't grow a church fast enough. This camp and company that I run with, it doesn't produce as much outward fruit as other places do. What if I had shifted streams and changed roots? It would have been a different fruit. It matters. It matters who you hang with. It matters who you keep company with. Amen. Joe didn't get that word because he's my friend. He didn't get that word because he's actually closer than blood brothers. He got that because he's a man of the word and a man of the spirit. What if I hadn't been in a place where that so easily could manifest? Does any of that make sense? Yes. Why I started in the beginning by saying, this church matters. Amen. It matters to your life. It matters in all directions, past, present, and future. It's not a place of condemnation that beats you up over your past. It's not a place of preaching perilous times that makes you insecure about your present. It's not a church that doesn't preach who you are in Christ and righteousness so you have faith for the future. It matters, the word that you're hearing. Amen. Can we just stand up for one second before I... Forgive me, I went longer than I thought. Can we just lift our hands just for one second? Lord, I... I... Uh, all right, this won't take long. Any heart conditions whatsoever, I can't even say this is coming to, it just, it's a small leading. Any heart abnormalities, come down here right now. Any irregular heartbeat, any heart deficiency, come down here. Yeah, the healer's working right now. Jesus, I sense your presence right now. It's not just because I went through something. This is the anointing. I was trying to close the service. Jesus, you're the healer. Jesus, the healer. Uh, even of broken hearts. Now, that would mean, you, yeah, of course, Lord, more the spirit. But you say unto me, hearts that need to be fixed. Ha, I remember, that's in the Psalms. 
His heart is established. His heart is fixed, fearing nothing. His seed shall be mighty on the earth. You shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Your heart and the valves, the arteries, the chambers, the blood flow, be healed and Jesus uh, shall live. Your heart is fixed. Yeah, yeah, sweetheart, yes. Your heart is fixed. Shh, miracles, miracles, new hearts. Shh, Pastor Jenny, come. Yeah, you're going to put your heart right, at, right there on the chest. Be healed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your heart. Jesus, healer. Jesus, healer. Miracles. Miracles. Miracle heart. Miracle heart. Miracle heart. Go that direction. Uh-huh. Yeah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Sharpen. Thank you. Open. 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 Jesus' name. Life to you. Life to you. Life and life abundantly. Jesus. No. Miracle, 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 miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your heart is fixed. 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 Your heart is fixed in blood pressure. Blood pressure. Blood pressure. Be and always be. Normalize blood pressure. Blood pressure. I speak to you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Is that everybody? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we lift up our hands and we give you thanks and praise for everything. Everything that was sung and said. Every word that was delivered. Every needed impartation for this week and the week ahead. Thank you, dear Father. We so pre- we, we prize your precious presence over this church, over these pastors. For the rest of this week, strengthen, strength, <laughs> strengthen them. And even as they sow the word in their heart before they sleep tonight, they'll arise with new vision and new insight. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor. I, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord so good tonight? 
so kind and faithful to teach us the word and demonstrate it with the words at the beginning and the impartation at the end and thank God we came hallelujah praise the Lord ushers are here to help us ushers I know you've been working hard but thank you for being in the aisles and if you need an offering envelope let's all sow let's all be a part of this let's we don't come to church empty-handed ever we come with honor honor is not just words honor is substance and uh, those that labor in the word are worthy of double honor meaning double salary double wages double substance and uh, I want you to, I know that we've got meetings coming up next week and you're going to be sowing in those meetings too. But uh, we don't want to, we don't want to leave today without thanking um, Brother David for what he sowed into us. Amen. And we get a chance to sow back into him right now. He didn't say this one thing that he had said to me at lunch that when they did that, that third sonogram and the doctor couldn't believe what he did. He said, I know what, I, what it should look like. So they kept wanting to do more tests. But he, they said, your heart, because of what you went through, your heart should be bruised. And there's, he said, there's no bruising. Your heart is perfect. And God said to him, I cocooned that heart with the word and the spirit so that even the trauma of what you went through didn't bruise it. It's amazing to me. Not only did God save his life, it would have been okay if it was a bit bruised. It would, have, it would have got better. But look at how far reaching God's hand was. Not only did he save him, but he didn't even want him to be bruised in the process. I mean, that just shows God's love for us is to the uttermost. I'm just so grateful. Did you notice it mattered that he obeyed the Holy Ghost? What if he hadn't have listened? What if he hadn't have been in those services? What if he hadn't have halved his 50% of his workload? And, oh, that's just, you know, what if he hadn't have done that? What if he hadn't have been in that service where the divine association and connection was with Pastor Mark and Brother Joe? What if he decided he was just too busy or too tired? It matters where you, who you're connected with and where you are because there's answers and there's life in that place. It matters you listen to the Holy Ghost. I'm serious. Some of you, you know, you work two, three, four jobs to make ends meet. And sometimes I'm not telling you what to do. You're just going to be led by the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes he'll just say, why don't you just stop one of those jobs and rest a bit more and release your faith for me to cause the other jobs to give you more money so you don't have to work as many hours. That's what my sister Lorna McIntyre did. I don't know if she's here tonight. She might be working, but she did that. She said, Lord, I'm tired of working two jobs. And she believed God. And she went half-time, part-time on one job, made more money part-time on one job than she made doing two jobs before because she released her faith. And so that's what he's talking about, being led by the Spirit and being divinely connected and, and being planted. Not being, the, not being the heath running all over the place, but being connected. It makes a difference. I am so grateful he didn't try to rush that tonight. Uh, and I'm so grateful. Listen, you learned something tonight. I don't know if you realize that, but even just at the beginning when he said, don't, don't, I know some of you are tired, but that was very important. That was a good lesson for you to learn because it's true, sir. I've been in services where they don't, they don't interpret. And as soon as people, the anointing changes, as soon as people sit down. And you think, well, what has that got to do with the anointing? I'm I don't understand it all, but I know. I've been in services. As soon as it's like, everybody just kind of like disconnects or something, and that thing breaks. And so you might have had to stand a bit longer, but there was a reason for that. And Reverend Taylor and our team got a mighty impartation. And he heard our future. Brother Randy Greer 
brother, Randy Greer, he, he was close with Dad Hagen, and he, he, he's dear friends with us, and uh, he was close with Dr. Dufresne, and he was here, what was it, 19 or 18? And he was standing right here, and he's a prophet, and he stepped, and when he stepped, he stepped into another realm, and, and this church disappeared. We saw him, but what he saw, and he told the congregation after it, he said, I stepped into your future building. This whole, this whole thing disappeared, and he described it to me afterward, and he said, it seems to me it said about two to 3,000 people. And he said, he explained to me how it looked and how it lifted up and where the chairs and the seats and the stage. And he was in there just for a few seconds in the middle of his preaching, and he was looking at our future building. He could see it with his eyes open, having an open vision. And Jesus said, I'm showing you their future. And tonight, a similar thing happened. He didn't see it, but he heard it. Praise God. That's called the gift of the discerning of spirits because Dad Hagen said when you see or hear into the realm of spirits, that is one of the nine gifts of the, of the spirit. And what, what Brother Randy, he saw and Brother David heard and he heard the people worshiping. Uh, that's very special to me. That's very precious because he saw, he heard our future. Hallelujah. This message, Toronto needs this message. Uh, there's not many churches out there that are preaching this message, but we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna yield. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. And he, God told me, He said, and they came to David day by day until there was a mighty host. And he said, they're coming, son. Don't worry about if it's in large groups, small groups, one at a time. They'll come day by day until there's a mighty host, and that's the mighty host he heard tonight, singing and worshiping. Praise God. Heavenly Father, thank you for those words at the beginning. Thank you for those prophecies. Thank you for that gift of the discerning of spirits. Thank you for the impartation to our worship team. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the testimony. Thank you for the miracle that you did for him. Thank you, Lord, for your love and care that goes to the uttermost. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name for the hearts healed tonight. We thank you, Lord. It has been good to be in the church house tonight, and it's a little bit later than normal, but Father, we don't look at the clock. We are hungry, and we want whatever the Holy Ghost wants until he's done. And so, Lord, we thank you for this congregation that stays connected until you're done. And I give you praise for